Are you an innovator? I am. My name is Ribbons. Ribbons Allmark. It's been a long time, Setsuna Efseye. Or rather, Soran Ibrahim. <laughs> That's right. To you, this is the first we've met. But that's not the case for me. I first met you 11 years ago. <sighs> yes, right here. In this hellhole of a battlefield where foolish humans were fighting each other. And on it, one boy desperately running for his life. I was watching you. From the vantage point of a mobile suit cockpit. <laughs> or are you saying... You were in that machine? In the O-Gundam? Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast. Let's give Double O a try. My name is Jeremy. Mr. Crouch's Punk was my father. I'm Tyler. (laughs) Uh, You know, one of these days I'm going to come up with something clever. Not tonight. My name is Zach. Today we're watching episode 14 of part two of Gundam Double O, episode 39 in total. I can hear a song. Hey, my girlfriend Lacus Klein is coming back. She's (laughs) going to sing to us. It's going to be great. Okay, I just had a thought. I kind of wanted all a uh, Gundam princess idol group running around with like Lacus, Marina, I guess Relina, although she never goes out and sings. Yeah, I'm trying to... I'm Rain. Try- yeah, okay, I was going to say there are definitely some other Gundam princesses. Princess I. Sayla. Yeah. <laughs> Sayla's the bassist, right? Yeah, Quattrobagina is their manager, I'm sure. <laughs> Just because of the sunglasses? Absolutely. And the hair. Yeah. Man, we just did this podcast. How do we do it? Fuck boys. Uh, they, they successfully blew up a Death Star. There wasn't time for anything else. Their tactical mom, it was like, lock on, do a sniping. And he they did, did a really rad trench run. Tiaria, you just blow a hole in it. Lock on, use sniping. Alleluia, use sit in the hangar. <laughs> Alleluia used extreme speed. Tiara no. used hyperbeam. I was going to say, Alleluia used Bide. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and Setsuna used 1v1 me at Baron, sis. Actually, Lock-On used Bide. Just <laughs> That's why he was able to destroy it in one shot, is because he took all the damage on his uh, shield bits. Exactly. How good would it be if Bide ever got used in a professional, or in an actual Pokemon tournament successfully? They didn't win it. They won one game. How good would that be? Yeah. Um, Bide is even worse than doubles, so. Yeah, I was going to say. be equally as entertaining if somebody actually won a game on the pro scene with Garen. No, we were just talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! before we started recording, and I think, like trap cards in modern Yu-Gi-Oh!, I think Bide is just too slow when Mirror Code and Counter exist. Bide was too slow in Generation 1 before Counter and Mirror Code existed. It would actually probably be all right on, like, a big tank like Chansey or something. But I don't even know if it can learn Bide. The problem is if your opponent has any Pokemon with Sword Stance. Oh, yeah. You're just giving them a victory. That's fair. Yeah. (laughs) That's a very good point. Anyway, hi. This is a Gundam podcast, not a competitive Pokemon podcast. Yeah. (laughs) You know, those competitive Pokemon podcasts always talking about Bide. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) how we wish Bide was competitively viable. 
top 10 most useless competitive Pokemon moves. Number 10, Bide. I would actually say Bide wouldn't be terrible if we reworked it to work kind of like Future Sight. So that you just spend one turn using it, and then you can go back to using other moves, and then it just went off after a time period. Yeah, it would be really interesting in doubles then, because then you disincentivize attacking, but... Yeah, anyway, Pokemon. Fuck boys, their mom. Uh, Nana <laughs> Trinity was like, have this R2 unit full of plans. That was all, right? Yeah, that that was actually pretty much everything. Sentinel 1v1, one of the new innovator pilots. Took yeah. off her arm. Yeah, the Death Star got blowed up real uh-huh. good. Major, Major Rint is, is gone. Unfortunately, Arturo Goodman is still around. I'm sorry, Arturo no Bueno Hombre. <laughs> Should we just get into this? I don't think yeah, we're going to get anywhere if we so. get into it. I, we seem to be a little punch drunk. Again, I can hear a song. You can watch it on Crunchyroll. It's fine. We start out seeing Lock-On's cool shot from last episode, taking out this Death Star. It's just as cool as it was the first time. Although his call-out makes less sense since we don't have everybody else calling his name before he makes his shot. If my name was like Hot Shot and I played basketball, I would be just like the name says all the time. (laughs) I feel like it's just weird for a sniper to be like, okay, I'm about to take my shot. Let me take five seconds to say a thing before I take this shot that I may lose. He's got to control his breath by speaking. (laughs) Lock on Stratos. I have control. Breath control. Assuming direct control. The Ptolemaeus rockets past the Death Star, and Sumeragi's like, it was thanks to all you guys on the bridge right now. You were all very good. It wasn't my total focus or lock on doing a sniping. It was thanks to all of you. Including Saji. (laughs) Marie did also say dodge. So Marie did a piccolo. Yep. (laughs) And Saji's like, you guys are fucking insane. Yeah, I do like Saji being like, so this is how you never died. I'm surprised. (laughs) Meanwhile, Marie's just scrolling Wikipedia in the corner. <laughs> but then there are e-sensor readings, and they're already being pursued by other machines. And Ribbons is like, you'll pay for that, celestial being. You activated my trap card. Some other guys that were there and maybe could have helped. I don't know. <laughs> no, they just got here. That's why they're making them pay now. Hey, suddenly new opening. It's very tense and interesting. This is a Gundam Seed Destiny-ass opening, though. It sure is. We start off with a bunch of naked women. Although, to be fair, if it was a Gundam Sea Destiny-ass opening, we would get naked boys as well. I, I was actually very disappointed at the lack of naked Gundam boys. And it's only like their head and shoulders. And Sumeragi's boobs would be all over the place. Yeah, that is... So I guess we can thank it for not doing that. It is way less bouncy. It's way less gratuitous than Destiny ever was, but... I kind of like the shot of Setsuna turning, turning. And turning into the double riser. Yeah. I actually like this song pretty well. I'm just sad, like, none of the animation goes to this music. Oh, not even a little bit. We do get some good shots of, I assume, Lyle and not Neil smoking in a graveyard. I like some of the transitions between them, like the big swoop pans. Yeah. I like in theory, but it doesn't go with the music at all, like you said. And that gets worse when we get the eternal fight that goes on for this entire opening. We get to see uh, Ribbons and all or, uh Tyria counter-hacking each other. Yeah. I do really like this scene. Of, of... Saji and Louise in the villa. Yep. <laughs> you think that's the same villa that uh, Kira's family lives in? <laughs> I mean, that looks like the... I, not Kira's family. You know, Maru and Waltfeld's villa. Yeah, that, Kira's, Kira's family. family. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. When I said that, I was thinking of, you know, Kira, Lacus, and the kids. Yeah. Yeah, so same house. Which, no, but they live on a coastal, like, beach condo. Yeah, they have to move in with them. Because oh, yeah, I forgot that they... Their house got meteored. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so the rest of this scene is just a big fight, and it doesn't go with the music at all, and there are these, like, 
They really like these shots where they zoom in on the mobile suit and show the pilot inside. But this is really when I was like, oh, all the innovators look identical. Yeah. You can't tell. And it's one of those things where, I mean, doing it once, okay, fine. But you've done this every time. Like, Come on, you, you can come up with some other ideas, right? Who did, who did Cessna in a hand of God with at the end there? I think it's a four-way. I think they're... Like, oh, okay. The way I read it is like they're all put their hands in and then they turn around and walk their separate ways. But anyway, I don't care for this opening. It's not bad. I'd watch this show, but it's my least favorite it's of the double It's a little openings. all over the place. The double openings, if you will. I would. We start in ALA's HQ where we're getting a press conference about how all the lights in space were caused by anti-government forces attacking a government installation. Technically correct. The best kind of correct. <laughs> so anyway, in response, they're going to let the ALA's be in charge of everything. That'll solve this. Cut to the boss of the ALA's talking with Arturo Aubrey <laughs> about, so we lost our Death Star. He's like, we did kill all of Catheron. And the boss is like, nearly all of Catheron's space forces. <laughs> He's like, big shit. We killed 0% of Celestial Being. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, losing even one member of Celestial Being is a much bigger percentage than losing like 90% of uh, Catheron's stuff. And he's also like, if Celestial Bean hangs around, they might like reinvigorate the population to like revolt or something. And realize they don't want to be genocided by a bunch of dicks. Yeah. It's a good thing no one's going to report on the genocide laser we fired at the Earth twice. Hey, they put a gag order on Sergei for that. <laughs> Cut to Setsuna in space, going to the rendezvous point, but there's nobody to rendezvous with. There's only space debris that look like they came off the Ptolemy, and that's not good. I do actually really like the tension of this scene of he just comes around what looks like a wrecked Ptolemy. My first thought when he was flying through this was that this was the uh, the original Ptolemaeus. Yeah, I was actually kind of wondering if it was just like old wreckage. But then he zooms in and he sees a uh, pseudo-GN red particles flying through the area and it's like, hi. And then it's like, yo, Setsuna, long time no see. Wow, you got even hotter in these four years. What a stud, dude. <laughs> and Sessona immediately, <laughs> immediately like, raises I, his guns. <laughs> well, I mean, the last time he saw her, she was clearly an enemy. And the last time she made out with him, he was not into it. And her immediate thinks, hey, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on. I helped you, which means we're on the same side. Your ship's on the planet, by the way. We're doing this a little bit differently in that we're going back to the planet after we've come out of the Earth's gravity. And where she, like, closes her eyes to smugly deliver the information, and by the time she opens them again, Setson is already leaving. <laughs> I love that. Setson is just like, all right, bye. It's really funny. Haro's like, you got stood up. <laughs> you got rejected. And so she hits the Haro. Dub Haro says, he's not into you. He's not into you. <laughs> Which is accurate, Haro. But she seems pleased nonetheless. Meanwhile, at Big Church, I guess. <laughs> this is Big Church Base. It is, it's the Russian Orthodox Church Base. Jesus Base. It's in the Middle East, where Sergei is. Because Sergei's like, oh, Hercury, from the end of the last episode, after the credits. You didn't come to the Middle East just to see me, did you? Ah, Hercury, a name anyone else has ever had. <laughs> to be fair, his first name is not Hercury. I did look it up. You know what? His first the, name is Pang, if I remember right. You know what? Five of the first eight results were were this double guy. lot. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, did you mean Hercules? <laughs> and he's like, anyway, now that you've been promoted to military inspector for not telling anyone about that giant death laser, Sergey, I have some information for you. There are some people in the military who are trying to pull off a coup d'état. 
And Sergei's like, well, I know the a-holes are like assholes keep doing genocides, but surely that's a little extreme. <laughs> um, I love you, Sergei, but no, they're, they're right. The coup d'etat is a good idea here. And Hercule is like, yeah, anyway, the Federation's basically just a puppet government at this point. And Sergei's like, you don't mean that you... And he's like, people need to open their eyes, Sergey. People need to know their tax dollars are being spent on Death Stars. Awaken from your hibernation, bearer of Russia. Anyway, we see Ian Vashi <laughs> getting a completion of therapy message <laughs> in the therapy data. <laughs> As someone who's had therapy, it's never complete. Being someone who has technically gone through physical therapy, they do have a completion of therapy, which usually just translates to get out. There is nothing else dumb on that screen. I do really, really like this transition. This is into such, such a, such a great scene. transition. To like, it gives us a focus character because we didn't see what went on, and Ian just wakes up and is like, "Oh man, I hope the O Riser didn't get blown up when Saji took it out." I, I hope we're. I hope we're all okay. I mean, clearly we're okay. We're not dead, but yeah, I forgot wait. he's been out since that happened. That seems like it's, forever ago. It's only two episodes. I know. <laughs> and then he's just like, "Wait, we have gravity. When did we get gravity?" We have gravity at home. <laughs> I mean, Ian, I think in this area you've had gravity before, so it's hard to say with the ship. So he walks out of the medical bay with his eyes closed like humans do, and he doesn't see that their big screen TV has been wrecked or that the whole room is a mess. He does, however, notice the sunlight just streaming in, and I love this cut to all these mountains, this majestic nature. A beautiful a wood, gopher. A beaver. <laughs> yep. And then he's just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> because he just walked out into the side of... There's a breach in the hole yep. right there. The one breach in the hole. But it's just right here. I mean, apparently they fixed the big fuck-off hole that actually put him in that air into the medical bay in the first place because they took the hit from the top. They just had other launch containers laying around Earth in several places, apparently. Well, actually, we knew they repaired that before the Death Star attack. Because he's actually... like, Milena, you have to fix that so we can attack the Death Star because your dad is in a coma. A therapy coma. Man, I wish I could go in a therapy coma sometimes. <laughs> so cut to Ian repeating the exposition he's just been given about what happened in the last two episodes. Normally, I'm not too fond of, you know, exposition like this, but this is a character that was on board the ship and didn't know any of this happened. I do love how Saji is overseeing the, ca the Carls while they're repairing the ship. Yeah, because he's helping now. And everybody else is on the bridge having adult talk. <laughs> Except Mari and Hallelujah. And Sumeragi. You're right. She's, she's with Hallelujah, having a different adult talk. And it's like, and now, I know the two of you really like each other, but you have to be careful. <laughs> Use a brain condom. <laughs> <laughs> I love how happy Milena is about this, and Ian is just like, daughter, this is a disaster. <laughs> We're in trouble. Boss is like, calm down. We did blow up a Death Star. And felt like, yeah, and we were completely out of GM particles when we got attacked at the end. And Tara's like, and they had a cool new mobile armor. And it wasn't that cool, but it was a new mobile armor. But <laughs> and Sumeragi let a, used the force of their shots to accelerate down to the planet. A very and Sumeragi dis plan. dispersed smoke. They're like, the ship's on fire anyway. We might as well use it. No, it, that looked like they actually had smoke generators going. I actually wonder how smoke dispersal would work in space. Yes. And so Ian is like, all right, so how fucked are we? And like, the engines work. But weapon control, communications, our sensors, they don't work. Our we navigation. Did, we, we did just get the stealth back up. Yeah, so the cloaking field works. Ian's like, if the enemy attacked us now, we'd be dead. And Mari's <laughs> like, hi, I brought lunch. I, I went to Space Bucks. <laughs> Milena's, <love> Milena. <laughs> Milena's so happy. And Ian is like, why is my kid so freaking happy? How did we raise this? <laughs> 
Cut to Sumeragi talking to Alleluia hanging out in his mobile suit, the only thing he does anymore. And she's like, hey, sorry I made your girlfriend look at a computer and tell us when to dodge. Participate in the fight. And Alleluia's like, well, we can't change the past, but never do it again. Well, I mean, it makes sense since he literally told Sergei he would keep her from fighting anymore. Uh, yeah, I feel like this is kind of stretching the limits of that. Yeah. Like, Sumeragi's like, well, it didn't say that in the contract, and is like, well, it does now. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, I mean, obviously, Sumeragi, like, Murray participating in combat was something that Aleluya and her didn't necessarily want to do, so I feel like Sumeragi's apologizing, because, like, I did it because we kind of had to, because do you honestly think I could have trusted Saji with this? I actually, yeah, well, there's that. Also, uh, Saji doesn't have quantum brain waves. Or any kind of soldier training, because who knows if he would have broken down while trying to do the same thing that she did. I feel like, though, Aleluia is kind of speaking on behalf of Marie, because she's never expressed any interest in not wanting to fight anymore. Yeah, and that's my problem with their whole dynamic, is that he's never like, hey, Mary, what do you want? What's going on? You should tell Sumeragi you only want to make lunches. <laughs> we tissue wants to be the chef. We cut the lock on, who's out in nature, hiding behind a rock, having a cell phone chat with, I presume, Klaus. Man, what provider is he using that he gets service way the fuck out here? It's the future. In the mountains. These look like nice mountains. It's still sprint, actually. And he's like, yeah, anyway, we're pretty fucked up. We might have to reach out to you guys for help. Thanks. But then a new is sneaking up on him. And she's like, who were you talking to? And he's like, oh, um, personal business. Why doesn't he just tell them he's working with Cat? Why would it matter <laughs> I at don't all? really know. Maybe it's a matter of because they would think he would have a split loyalty and not actually be as loyal to Celestial Being. They're basically on the same team, though. Yeah, that's in theory what the story should be, but they're so in lockstep. He literally was kind to be like, hey, can you help us repair? And then he's like, oh, not, nothing, nothing's wrong. And so Anu's like, hey, I was wondering, how does the enemy always seem to know where we are no matter what we do? Is it me, the well, new returner? Here, she's like kind of implying that it's Lock-On talking to people. And Lock-On's like, so are you suspicious of me, the spy? And she's like, oh, oh no, no. I just meant that it's weird. It's weird. I mean, it can't possibly have anything to do with me with the stupidest name on the ship. But you can call me by that name if you want. No honorific or anything. I mean, Anu is fine. It's the fact that it's the full <laughs> name. And obviously, Returner would be fine as a last name also. <laughs> it's it's literally just the combination of those. Her In her case, yeah, but like some of them, Revive, Revival, <laughs> you don't get away, you, you don't get around that one. No, uh, Stabity, great bring, last name. Bring Stabity. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> no, see, Stabity is the kind of name you'd see out of a teenage edgelord's <laughs> RPG character. It seems like it should be John Stabity. Oh, man, okay, I really want to do... So a uh, dumb character if I ever play something in a setting that's like Dave Candle or something. <laughs> <laughs> you see where I'm going with that, right, Jeremy? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> and Lockhead's like, well, you can call me Lyle then. That's my real name. And why do we even have code names? I don't get it. <laughs> well, because Setsuna doesn't want to go by his, because he doesn't identify as that name anymore, um, which actually in his case makes a lot of sense, would make a lot of sense. I was actually going to say it's just Iolia Shenber being like, and I'll make them use code names because it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Tieria's actual innovator name is? I think it, huh? Uh, Gun Gunsity. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed it was just Tieria Erd, um, but. That sounds far too sensible for an innovator's name. Everyone calls him Tieria. I don't know. 
Yeah, but everybody calls Setsuna Setsuna. We know that's not his name. Ribbons also calls him Tiaria. Yeah, that's what I meant is the innovators also call him that. And they know who he is, so. So Saji, who is over working the carols, is like, oh, man, everyone has a girlfriend but me now. I'm like the ninth wheel on this ship. I mean, Sumeragi doesn't. Felt but, doesn't. But she's mom. Mom doesn't count. Felt so, doesn't have a girlfriend. Sumeragi has a partner, and that partner is crippling alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think of this scene with the new and lock on? Nothing seems, really, honestly. <laughs> it it seems kind of out of left field, strange to me. Kind of like they're trying to shoehorn her in a relationship for her to more or less get her more on board with the ship, because she's kind of been just in extra character since they introduced her. In my memory of Gundam Double this is a big scene where like the two spy type characters confront each other and come to an understanding, but it's not really that at all. Nope. It's if anything, it's a new being like, huh, it's weird that we can't find anything. So it's like a is a new actually the traitor, but we know Lyle's not the traitor because he and Catheron are clearly on the same side as Celestial being. And Tiari is not the traitor. And I feel like there's a version of this story where there's a lot of who is the traitor drama between Tiaria, Anu, and Lock-On that they miss. Well, because, like, if Tiaria had continued to not tell them everything, yeah. then that would make a lot more sense for the who is the traitor situation. But he literally was like, all right, guys, here's everything I know. It could even reasonably be Mari or uh, Saji in a weird way with their split loyalties. But it just doesn't do a good job of keeping up a mystery it probably would have had a little bit better opportunity to make up that little bit of mystery if uh, a news name wasn't a new returner which basically screams i'm an innovator do you think these names seem as weird to a japanese audience though i think they do but they don't seem weirder than setsuna fsa that, that's my point because Lock like setsuna seems like a real last name revive revival <laughs> does not seem like a real last name so but it might to a non-English speaking audience. Yeah, that's a good point. So Setson is flying through the desert looking for the Ptolemaeus. He sees a giant Death Star crater and is like, fucking Alos, man. Wow, this is a big hole. I just found a new A-hole. Hey, look, there's a mobile suit over there. <laughs> look, it's that dick's mobile suit. Alias Sanchez is like, yes, Krugis Punk, follow me. Ha-ha. <laughs> I once more have my mustache to twirl. I mean, it's not really a twirling length right now, but... I'm working on it. Soon. It's five o'clock somewhere, and somewhere is my face. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to Cataron's base where the reporter has shaved his afro and found out that there may be a coup d'etat going on within the Federation forces, and they want to contact Cataron. And Do that's also kind of a confirmation that he is the reporter from the previous season. He looks a lot, or a lot more like him with the new hair. Do we think his contact is just Sergey? <laughs> I don't. I don't either, but... No. And Klaus is like, well, clearly, as the only named character here, I must go see them. And Sheeran is like, no, Klaus, it could be a trap. And he's like, I mean, yeah, I guess, but I want to believe that people realize the a-holes are, in fact, a-holes, and that they would betray them. Plus, we don't have any mobile suits, so we kind of need a new fresh wave of defectors if we could get that. Yeah, remember how we used to have a space fleet? We don't have one of those anymore. Sheeran is about to protest, but then she hears a song in the distance that sounds like some so a mix between a Barney song and a <laughs> church song. Yeah, how does it's, it sound in English? Bad. <laughs> like, a Barney gospel makes it sound worse than it actually sounds, but, Barney I, but I think that's about right. Well, at least there's a reason for why it sounds so stupid. Like, it's 
basically, I think, what is the explanation? It's it's something the kids in her put together. Basically, ba- it's basically a Mad Lib of what the kids said. Yeah, she like collected phrases they all said and strung them into a song. I said gospel specifically. It sounds a lot like a hymn to me or something you would hear in church. And I think that's super deliberate given Setsuna's themes. Yeah, so she wrote a song based on phrases all the kids came up with. And Sharon is like singing at a time like this. What does she think? She's lack is Klein. We kind of the world work. sucks, so of course you're going to do anything you can. Yeah, sure. I mean, all she's allowed to do is babysit the kids anyway, so she might as well make them happy. I was going to say, it sure is convenient that all these refugee kids from a bunch of different countries all speak the same language. I mean, there's only one language in, per country anymore, right? And they're <laughs> from the Middle East, so. And, and there's only one I mean, country in the Middle East. And by country, I mean economic block. So there's, uh, what, four languages? Yeah, I do really like that in the, the middle. The super hard cut. Yeah, the super hard cut From is actually really to, nice. To Setsuna trying to do a war at Ali, who's like, ha ha, I will try spinning. That's a good trick, punk. And then, so Setsuna's like, where the fuck are you going? And he's like, wait a minute, this is Kruges. I shot my mom here. I almost died here. So Sanchez stops and starts descending and then gets out of his mobile suit. My immediate thought is, this is not a person you want to talk to. This is a guy you have literally been trying to kill for as long as you have known him. Yeah, to be fair, Setsuna got out of his mobile suit and Sanchez obliged, so. Yes, and then he immediately, he did that to confirm it was him and immediately shot at him, remember? I don't remember any shooting at, because what I remember is Lock-On coming and be like, hey. He cut. pulled a gun on him. Well, you know he's there. You wanted to murder him. Shoot the fucker now! <laughs> Instead, we don't get an eye catch. Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of season 2 of Gundam 00 with us, the one in which Setsuna's finally naked, the moment we've all been waiting for. Uh, I don't actually have any particular announcements this week. We ain't got, ain't got much going on, one way or the other, and I was going to recommend some cool, obscure video games, but I can't think of any right now. And I don't watch enough anime to recommend cool, obscure anime. So instead, I will say, hey... Spy X Family is really enjoyable. Maybe go watch that. It's a wholesome delight. Also, Kaguya-sama. Great. But you're probably already watching those, so that's not very useful. Anyway, I just got back from buying a ton of stuff to make vegetables happen in my backyard, and it's very hot out. So, say cool, my beans. And then we cut to them having landed, getting ready to talk. Setsuna jumps out on his Gundam's hand, which he's put out as a nice platform for himself. Whereas Sanchez is on the shoulder to have the power dynamic of being tired. Like, haha, long time no see, Krugis Punk. Although now I think it's more Mr. Krugis Punk, huh? <laughs> Do you think he doesn't actually know Setsuna's name? I would actually put good money on he's like, oh, it's that one kid. I assume Ribbons even told him, ah, oh, yes, this is because we're about to find out Ribbons knows. And he's like, and he's like, you mean Krugis Punk? <laughs> <laughs> he's one of many Krugis Punks. So Setsuna's like, you're with the innovator? And he's like, that's right, mercenaries do whatever they're asked. Setsuna's like, don't you need a reason to fight? He's like, I have one, but this show isn't about me, so we're not going to go into it. My reason is I like violence, I Well, guess. his reasoning is I like violence, and I like, I'm good at violence. If you're and good I at like something, getting never paid. Do, do it for free. Exactly. So Setsuna pulls a gun. And Sacha's like, wait, wait, I didn't come here for a gunfight. We'll do that later. Shoot him anyway. I need to introduce you to my sponsor. 
Shoot him too. <laughs> anyway, let me tell you about Raycon. <laughs> Wireless earbuds. Raid Shadow Legends. You know you can get a legendary hero sets now if you Nord sign up with VPN. <laughs> Manscaped. All the innovators don't have body hair. That's why they use a Manscaped. <laughs> I would have thought it would have been that's because they use Manscaped. Nope. Also, Ribbits comes out. He's got his eyes closed, and that's not a very wide platform. He's like, hey, I'm Ribbons Allmark. It's been a while, Setsuna F. Saye. Or should I say, Sora and Ibrahim. And Setsuna's like, I'm sorry, have we met? And so Ribbons like, oh, that's right. We haven't met. This is you. the first time we've ever met for you, but I remember meeting you. I don't think you understand how meeting people works, Ribbons. <laughs> remember when you changed your religion to Gundam? That was me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Zach, he's a narcissist, so if he met you, that counts. <laughs> he's like, I met you 11 years ago from a mobile suit cockpit. Anyway, you were just running around like a scared little child. It was hilarious. And Sutton is like, were you one of those ants? And he's like, <laughs> no, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was supposed to kill everybody who saw the test of the O Gundam, but you looked at me like I was God, and I was into that. And I'm not into <laughs> anything. It turned me on so far. <laughs> So I was like, what if I hack Veda and make him the pilot of the Exia? Seems like a good plan. Well, it's possible initially that the innovators were a supplementary thing. So they could input data to Veda and it would make a decision based on it. So him recommending Setsuna as a pilot carried weight, but they couldn't actually like influence Veda in any real significant way. So actually, here's a question. Were the innovators part of Celestial Being? Did Ribbons force himself into Celestial Being to take control? Like, where did the innovators come from? Well, he had access to the O Gundam, right? And was part of the test. So he must have been within the... At some point, he was in Celestial Being. My, yeah. my question is, was he part of it because he was an innovator? Or did he just, like, force his way into the organization, I think, basically? I think there's some element to, of truth to the idea that the innovators were part of the plan. So, like, they were originally going to be a part of Celestial Being, a part of that plan, but they were a different step after the unification, basically the unification, but Ribbons, in part of this narcissism after seeing, you know, Setsuna looking up and being getting, like, this god complex as a part of it, I think this is the part where it kind of went off the rails, is that Ribbons was never intended to be, to, to get this god complex. And so he went off the rails and was like, I'm going to take control of everything on the plan because obviously I should be in charge. I'm actually wondering if the innovators are called that because they were literally intended to just like innovate and come up with new ideas for Celestial Being. Could be. If they were going to basically be support personnel. Yeah. Basically do what Anu does. You know, she cooks, she cleans, <laughs> she slices, she dices. She, she juliennes fries. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Ribbons is like, anyway, so give me the double O back, because I had the O, and uh, Setsuna's like, yeah, I, I love no. how Setsuna's like, wait, so you're waiting for me to thank you? Ribbons like, your services are no longer required. Give me back that cool Gundam. It's Be mine. Because it does shit it's not that I don't know it can do. I should have it, because I'm a narcissist. I like this scene a lot. I think this is a part where Setsuna being so quiet works against the show in a lot of ways. I really like that this is sort of a parallel to the druggies in the first part being like, hey, you're trying to set Setsuna and Lock-On against each other. And here, Lock -on, or, and here Setsuna just no-sells it. 
But it, we really could have used with some Gundam Seed style flashbacks to show what Setsuna is thinking through this as he rejects it. It would have been a lot more shonen instead of him just being like, no, it kind of <laughs> undercuts the drama of the scene in a lot I of think ways. That's, I, I think that actually works for it really well because we've already seen the growth that Setsuna has gone through to this point and kind of turned. He is his own person at this point. So when Ribbons says that should be mine, he's like, no. Yeah, for like. This is my machine. For four years ago, Setsuna, this would have been dick. a crisis of faith, right? And yes. It's not. Now it's not because he's he's shifted enough of his faith out of just this one object to enough people and things around him. I just think it kills the drama of the moment. <laughs> I actually kind of like the fact that it does that. So Stetson's like, sorry, I refuse. And he draws a gun. But unfortunately, he doesn't have improved initiative. And all y'all saw Chess <laughs> does. So he gets shot in the shoulder. Luckily, the Gundam's finger has a put me back in the cockpit <laughs> button. What do you think that ha- happens if that gets just pressed in the middle of combat? Uh, presumably it doesn't work if there's someone in the cockpit. It gets disabled if someone's in the cockpit. But so Ribbons is like, oh, you missed on purpose, Sanchez? And he's like, well, I got to fight something. Because if you're going to keep building more Death Stars, I'm not going to be able to fight anybody. And Ribbons, who seems like he should be pretty pissed about this, is like, okay, I like you, Sanchez. I don't know why. I don't like anyone else. I was going to say, the reason that everyone trusts Sanchez is because of all the tropes where you have the honorable mercenary, Sanchez is like, you know, if you pay him, he'll do what you ask him to. If he's doing it for just fun, you can't trust that guy, he's going to defect. You know, we don't normally mention this, but this frame you paused on felt looks so weird. I mean, everyone's kind of off model on their face. Except for Milena. Milena looks to be like she's like incredulously high. (laughs) Milena has like such exaggerated expressions to begin with. It doesn't look that far off model for her. Sumeragi and Felt, on the other hand, Felt looks kind of like a chipmunk. So we cut to the bridge of the Ptolemaeus, where for some reason Lock-On is coming in to tell them there are two unidentified mobile suits coming in on them. He saw them. (laughs) And Felt's like, Man, I really feel like I should have seen that. I mean, to be fair, their sensors are down, but uh, but like, how did Lock On Steve Cataron? <laughs> they, they just called. Actually, him. that actually makes a lot of sense to me because like he called Cataron and said, "Hey, we need your help with you know repairing it." And maybe they haven't been able to get out to repair, but they have stations watching. So they called him and said, "Hey." One of them called and said, hey, you got a guy coming in this direction. The other one called and said, hey, you got someone coming this direction. So Alakon was like, oh, shit. Sumeragi's like, all right, have Alleluia and Tiaria do it. Alleluia hasn't done anything recently. And And Alakon's standing right here. And then he's like, ah, they know where we are again. Which is interesting because presumably she would be the one feeding him that information. But she does. This seems like an aside to herself. So that is a little bit of building tension. Cut to Tiaria launching and also Alleluia launching. I kind of wanted Alleluia to give it a special gusto simply because he hasn't done anything in a while. But He kind of does in the next scene he's in. But we then cut to Setsuna trying to fight Sanchez while bleeding profusely from his shoulder. <laughs> Sanchez is like, I like doing this because it gives me an advantage. Yeah, it's funny that he likes fighting, but he is not afraid to fight dirty. Fighting dirty is just another version of fighting. That's fair. And I mean, you remember how it goes. Never fight fair. Fair fights are way too easy to lose. 
he gets Setsuna wide open in his own works and goes for a wing beam saber, but Setsuna manages to dodge and take out his gut. And, and he's like, what the fuck? I shot you in the shoulder. How are you doing that? And then we get this amazing <laughs> shot of like sweaty ass Setsuna like, oh my God, the lasers, every fangs, beams. My oh. shoulder is killing me. Probably literally, there's a big fucking artery in your shoulder. I haven't had lunch yet. I didn't get Amari lunch. Yeah, that's a good point. He probably hasn't eaten in almost 24 hours. I cut to Lockon, who is going up against a Gadessa, and he's like, I'll never let you fire that big-ass cannon of yours. I can do stuff even without Hallelujah. I haven't had Hallelujah for 14 episodes, but I guess now is when it's relevant, because <laughs> I haven't done anything for those episodes. It's also the first time he's been sent out to 1v1 somebody. And this somebody is Revive Revival, not Divine Nova. You sure Wait, about th- that? This isn't Hylene Care. <laughs> You sure this isn't Ribbons Allmark? I literally can't tell. <laughs> That's what separates you from me, a super fan. <laughs> Cut to uh, Tiaria facing off against Bring Stabity as Tiaria is just firing all of his cannons as quickly as they will cycle. Unfortunately, the Garazo is very good at dodging and gets in close with its big Wolverine claws to cut up his giant fuck-off cannons. I want Tiaria or somebody to just be like, I literally just fucking fixed those. Why is it in every battle they cut those guns off? They are the most useful ones. Uh, so bring... Apparently not. Everybody always cuts them off. Okay, they should be the most useful guns. I feel like they're most useful at taking out, like, battleships, probably. Bring goes in for a Wolverine strike, and uh, Tyria blocks. I actually really like his, like, dodgeback animation with a parting shot. is pretty good. And Bring is like, you should join us, Tiaria. And he's like, no, I already decided I'm not about that life. We cut to Cataron's base where they can see the fight going on as they send off Klaus and Shiran in their ship. Well, they, they can't actually see the fight between Tiaria and Bring. They actually can't see any of the fights. They're just watching the well, plane well, fly away. Marina says you can see them fighting even from here. So I assume they're seeing one of the fights. Probably Sanchez and... Based on what comes up in a second. Yeah, probably. And one of the kids is like, what's wrong, princess? And she's like, oh, I was just thinking about how nice it would be if everyone heard our song and stopped trying to murder each other. And little kid is like, then we should sing it for them. And Marina's like, you're right. I should change my class to Bard. It worked for Lacus Klein. <laughs> Actually, I feel like Lacus Klein started the uh, the season as Bard, and then she changed her class to Mobster. Took a few uh, extra classes in Diplomat. Cut to Bring, who's like, I don't want to destroy one of our own, but I will carry out our mission. And is like, and I am also a shonen boy. As he gets his arm cut off. But I actually really like this because this has a uh, kind of an implication that he has learned from everybody else. As he grabs Bring with all of the like extra arms. With his extra arms plus his standard one. And he puts on the Trans Am. And then we also see his giant fuck off shoulder cannons are also arms. (laughs) (laughs) Because once again, Tiaria's Gundam is a Gundam within a Gundam. This is a Gundam on a Gundam. This is a Gundam riding the back of a Gundam. (laughs) Because he deploys his back face, which has a head on top of it. It is the Seraphim Gundam. Uh, I was going to say, this is the uh, Kazooie to the (laughs) Seraphim's banjo. Exactly. While the Seraphim is grappling him, the Seraphim goes around to the back. Bring activates his GN field, but the Seraphim... uh, the Seraphim just stabs his hands through it, turns them back into cannons, and blasts the hell out of him while Tiara yells, I'm a human being! It's um, really cool. <laughs> and Bring gets stabbed. Yep. And it distracts Revive. 
I like to also like bring stabity. How do they pronounce that in the English dub? Stabity. Okay. <laughs> Not stability. I I really like that whole f- sequence. Uh, I also do like that the Seraphy just goes like blasting off again. <laughs> and Ribbons is like, God damn Tiaria Erd, killing my dudes. Back to Setsuna, who is also being dodged as he takes shots. Both he and Sanchez are really good at dodging. That's the Sanchez school of fighting, I guess. But then Sanchez is like, hey, look, I've got an advantage. I'm going to go take a hostage. And it's the plane with Klaus and Sheeran, who are like, hey, it's a Gundam. Did it come to, like, escort us or something? Like, why is it pointing at a giant sword at us? And Sanchez is like, ha-ha, hostages. I don't see how that can possibly, Kaya what now? (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much exactly what happens. Because he's like, these people are my hostages, and what? where'd he go? I love the effect of just the particles are in his cockpit and all over. While he's looking away, like, we don't actually see Setsuna turn on the Trans Am. Yeah. But then he comes up with a kick because he's a good mobile suit pilot. Sanchez tries to fangs him, but then he's like, nah, I'm just going to shoot, combine all my guns into a big fuck-off gun and blow them all up at once. I've seen Tiaria do this. It's rad as hell. <laughs> Sanchez is like, well, shit. So Setsuna cuts, I think it's his, no, no it's, it's his arm. arm. And then stabs into one of the mech, his uh, thighs, and then is just about to gut Sanchez. When he hears a voice, and then he hears a song start playing, and he's like, this isn't Macross, this is Gundam, what is going on? I am not supposed to hear random songs for no reason. Which Kill is- him, Setsuna, give in to your common sense. I read this not as he decides not to kill him, but as he is like, just like, what is going on? And is so stunned and flabbergasted, he can't finish it off. Yeah, like I said, he got interrupted by a cutscene. Well, <laughs> actually, as we've already seen, the double riser, when it activates its Trans Am, does some wacky things when with yeah. people in its vicinity. Yeah. yeah. So I assume he's literally hearing this song and is like, what the fuck is this? So this is an awful on? song. My question is, um, because we also saw that the riser's effect is kind of like an area effect. Is Sanchez also hearing this song? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, did you see how much cringe damage he took? His mech literally exploded. <laughs> yeah, yep. and he he has a innovator escape pod though and escaped. As Setsa just stands there in the same stabbing pose because again he's stunned. And Sheeran and Klaus are also hearing it, and they're like, "What the fuck does this mean?" Is Marina God? I don't think Marina's God. <laughs> <laughs> and Setson's is like, I can hear a song. And then the credits play through, just showing Marina taking her piano out of the cave for some reason to sing this in the open. It's a good shot. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, though. because they needed to make sure that uh, she was in the area of effect for the double riser. I'm willing to buy that the inside the cave two <laughs> feet to the left is in range. Hey, Rock's a great insulator. You don't know, man. And apparently it's affecting all... I'm assuming this is implying yep. that it's also getting all of the members of Cataron who happen to be here. Yeah, I assume anyone in like a couple mile radius is hearing this song all of a sudden. Yeah, so is Setsuna fighting near this? Yeah, yeah because okay. they just... Sent off oh, the yeah, plane. he was right next to the crater. Yeah. Okay, I forgot well, about and that. like Jeremy said, Sacha's literally tried to take their plane hostage. Yeah, we got a bunch of shots of Catherine members being like, man, what are we fighting? Oh, wait, where are the good guys? This is okay. We would get destroyed with a Death Star if we didn't fight. These kids are remarkably in sync. Oh, look, they, what they've else had they literally do? nothing else to do. <laughs> They're Marina Ishmael's charity ch- uh, children's choir. Yeah, uh, but wait, there's more. Meanwhile, in space, we see the Alaws, and 
Luis is like, man, another new model as we see the mobile uh, a armor. A new mobile armor. Yep, the Empress. And this, I believe, is Divine. I, I do believe this is Divine, yes. And he's like, yes, that's a prototype of a machine that will eventually be yours. You just have to roll on the gotcha a few more times <laughs> for ribbons, <laughs> and get, you will get it. <laughs> to get upgraded from your ahead. It's also called the Empress. <laughs> E-M-P-R-U-S-S. It, it is pronounced Empress. Yep. <laughs> and then we uh, cut out of that to, I think this is the same facility or a very similar one to the one that the uh trinity's wrecked in the previous season and we see mr bushido's new machine the masurao Masurao. yeah otherwise known as the mr bushido custom (laughs) it's got a samurai helmet not a gundam samurai helmet but a samurai helmet and mr bushido's like excellent i can definitely see the resemblance to the flag I'm not just pretending to be a guy who knows about mobile suits. There's definitely some flag in there. It's really dumb. Anyway, Katagiri's like, yeah, I designed it and built it in a week somehow. I'm not sure how I did that. I think it's been a little while, but yeah. To be fair, he was already building one, right? And Mr. Bushido showed up. He's like, I want you to change the project. So and that was, be- oh, okay. that was before Celestial Being even left the planet. I didn't realize he requested that he change it. I thought he was asking for like a whole Greenfield mobile suit. Well, Billy was working on something, and he's like, I would like you to tailor it to my tastes. Gotcha. And Billy's like, I also put in a secret bonus as well. And Graham's like, ooh, secret bonus. I like the sound of that. He's like, yes, Professor Eifman had some handwritten notes at his home, which I just was allowed to go to once I was head of R&D On the GN drives, which, like, given the fact that he never actually got to look at a GN drive... The only thing he could possibly have would be, maybe it works like this? Professor Eifman's a very smart man. He made some very correct dis- or, uh, assumptions. Yeah, they did literally kill him because he had learned too much and was about to figure it out. And Billy's like, anyway, I confirmed his theories. And Graham's like, great, can't wait to test that out. And so Billy's like, now I shall dramatically rip this photo of me and Cujo to pieces. I've been waiting to do this for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, like... He has entrusted his revenge to Graham, I guess. And, I don't know. And then he just like dramatically tosses it out in the hangar to be a pain in the ass to his janitors. And Mr. Bushido is like, that was a little extra even for me, man. And that's the end of the episode. What do you guys think of this one? I actually kind of liked this one. The fight between Setsuna and Sachez is actually a lot of fun. The reveal of the Seraphim Gundam is also pretty cool especially because we get to see Tieria take down one of the innovators and that takes one of them off the board. Although I would have liked to see Alleluia actually do a bit more because yes, he went out, he fought a little bit with Revive, but he is kind of coming out as a wash right now. I am not a big fan of the Seraphim Gundam. I think it's really dumb. I like the idea of like, I will just hold you with my big Gundam and I will deploy a smaller Gundam to murder you with. Yeah, no, that's great. I don't like the design of a small Gundam. <laughs> like, okay, the Nodley makes sense because it's just shedding armor. This, they just <laughs> shoved a Gundam in its backpack and like, why? <laughs> so he could do this. I mean, I, I kind of agree with you on the design. I like the reveal here that it is there more than anything. This episode is very easy to make fun of, but I like it a lot. While I do think some of the drama is undercut from the Setsuna and Ribbon's confrontation, I would have liked to see some of Setsuna's thought process as he makes his decision to be like, no, fuck you. I do think that scene's good. While the song is bad, I really like the contrast at the end of the episode with it suddenly being sung and everybody hearing it and Setsuna be like, what is going on, man? They don't make gunshots like they used to. This is some good shit. (laughs) 
And the beginning of the episode where we skip the Ptolemaeus ambush is also, I think, really good. I really like the effect of Ian just being like, what the fuck is going on? What did I miss? Because we also missed something, but not as much as him. Do you have a high point, Tyler? I was trying to consider, I, th- I have a couple candidates, but I think I'm going to go with Kyle what now? <laughs> <laughs> just uh, sets an absolutely reckoning, or reckoning, wrecking Sanchez. Um, I love that shot just because, like, like you said, it's the Kyle what now? Because yep. he's got, ha, I will take the, them as hostages and you can't do anything. And you can see the, the, like, particles starting up around him. Yeah, it's really good. And while I do want Setsuna to, like, grapple with ribbons a little, I'd like that Setsuna does not give one fuck about this hostage take at all. He's just like, nah, I got you. You activated my trap card, actually. <laughs> Zach, what's your high point? Well, since uh, Tyler took that one, and that was kind of my uh, my obvious go-to, I think I'm going to give uh, Ian's wake-up call there the, uh, the, the high point there, because I actually really like that scene of him walking out of the, you know, the, the medical bay and being like, what the fuck did I miss? I specifically didn't take that one because I assumed you would. So let's see. What do I want for this one? I do really like the episode overall, but I can't give it to that song, even though I really like the way the song contrasts what's going on in the battle. I'm going to go for that hard cut from the song to the fight. I think that's really good. And then later the song invades the fight, especially because of the fact that they're on is like basically singing about like peace and like resting your arms and stuff. And then it cuts immediately to Setsuna being like, I'm going to fuck you up. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a low point, Tyler? I mean, nothing terrible. I guess it would be Sheeran being like, oh, that Marina teaching kids to (laughs) hope for the future. We don't have time for hope. Yeah, Sheeran's uh, not been great lately. Zach? Uh, The conversation between Anu and Lockon. I'm not really sure what we're supposed to get out of this. Yeah, like I don't dislike that scene, but I also agree. I don't think it added anything, really. I'm going to go with the conversation between Alleluia and Sumeragi about Mari. Again, it just seems super weird to cut Mari out of that. She was too busy making <laughs> making sandwiches, um, apparently. Yeah, well, obviously. Um, her real passion, bento boxes. Do you have an MVP, Tyler? I'm actually going to give it to Marina for accidentally psychic commanding. Setsuna. <laughs> <laughs> um, Setsuna, yeah. Zach. I think I'm going to give it to Setsuna just for the, in part, the the no-selling of the hostage situation and just being like, no, I'm not giving you my mobile suit. Fuck off, weird dude. Yeah, I think Setsuna carries this one. Do we want to add a mobile suit to our mobile suit list? Because boy, are we about to get some more mobile suits. (laughs) Uh, Which ones were we missing right now? I think the key one to ask about is do we want to put the 00 Gundam and the 00 Riser on separately or as one unit? I thought we already just, or we already did just the double O, have we, we not? We did not have the double O on. Um, I don't believe, maybe I'm wrong. Let me double check about that. I thought we didn't. We got or, the double O Sky, we got the double O Guyber Ace, that's it. Okay. I could see an argument either way. I'm kind of in favor of just doing the riser, especially if that's more or less how it operates for the rest of the show. Yeah, I, there's nothing else that the double O does without the riser on it, really. I think it sorties once or twice without it, but there's nothing we haven't seen. All right, so are we saying we will do it as one unit? Yeah, I'm trying to think because it also, like, it changes the silhouette a lot when it's got the riser pack thing. Yeah, you both said it's significantly better, so. Yeah, that's also true. I think we should put the double O standard on there separate from the double O riser uh, because it does change the silhouette so significantly. 
Although it doesn't change the capabilities over much besides giving it access to Trans Am, really. I mean, it's got, like, the shoulder guns, and so it's got, like, the combined gun, and it, there's more stuff the riser gets going forward. All right, then. I bet, let's put the Double O Gundam on there. I don't think it's as good as the Double O Sky, which is built by Riku, and so it causes me physical pain to say that. <laughs> and it's half Destiny Gundam, but I do think the Double O Sky is better than the Double O Gundam. I think you're right. I, yeah, no, I do agree, but... I do like the Double O Gundam more than the Diver Ace, though. Maybe you guys will disagree, but I think the Diver Ace is just kind of like a, a weaker version is of the it. Di- the Diver Ace is the one before the Sky, yeah? Yeah. yeah. I think I agree with you. Um, yeah, I'm was, not a huge fan of the Double O standard, but... I, yeah, I'm kind of mixed on it, honestly. They're about the same for me, so... I think the, the Double O standard has a better color palette than the Diver Ace does. This is a main character Gundam. How, do we think it's better or worse than the RX-78-2? Um, Amro's OG? Yeah. yeah, honestly, I prefer the RX-78. I think I do, too. Because like, the double O, it's way too top-heavy. You know one of the things that that undoes it for me? It's like the the opposite of doing it for me. Is the stupid gun swords? I'm just really not a big. I fan actually of don't those. have a problem with its gun swords. They're I, so dumb. I like the gun swords. I like the way they're drawn. I like like the two barrels on them. Another Gundam with two swords though is the Sandrock. How do we think it compares to that? I like it more than the Sandrock personally. I think it has a better color scheme. I actually like the Sandrock more. I think the silhouettes a lot better. And like I said, it's the same thing with the uh, the seventy eight. It's got way the the shoulder pads are way too freaking big on it, and it's just like. Hey, it's this really big, it, it skipped leg day. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that about it because it's a successor to the Axia, but I see what you're saying. You know, there are a lot of things I like about the Sandrock, but I think I like just the plain ass double O better. All right. How do we think it compares to the Legend Gundam by our favorite Razor Barrel? Oh, that one. Okay. Piloted by. He didn't, he didn't design it or write it. <laughs> it's a dumb starfish i don't like yeah. either one really. no i'm just thinking gundam legend by ray's apparel <laughs> i think i prefer the double o because i want a sleek incomplete look as opposed to a bulky incomplete look but i think they're very comparable in what's not great about them they are and i think you know i think i might have to give it to the double o because while it is very top heavy the way they have it actually move like sh- using those big shoulder pads to shift it around, and especially that first scene when it appears is really cool. That's a good point. Um, I, I like I like the concept of the legend a little bit better, but I don't think it ever really gets like great animation. Better or worse than the dual Gundam with its assault shroud? I don't like the assault shroud because it looks way too bulky. And I, I, actually, I definitely prefer the double O. I like the bulk it gives to the dual Gundam there, um, and it's still nowhere near as bulky. As the double O Gundam needs to turn sideways to fit through a doorway. I think I'd have to give it to the duel with the assault shroud. Um, very close. All right. These are both blue. Better or worse than <laughs> the Abyss Gundam. <laughs> um, I don't really like the Abyss very much. Neither do I. Um, mm, yeah. Although I'm a sucker for a scythe. So it's like a halberd thing, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree. Double O. All right, then the Double O Gundam will go at number 58, above the Abyss Gundam and below the Duel with its Assault Trout. Anything else we want to say about this episode? It was pretty good. Um, Kind of, I don't know, I was going to say kind of a breather from last episode, but honestly, a lot happens in this one also. 
Yeah. Um, it is less than last episode, but. But it's also like it's way more plot than last episode. Yeah. Right? Like there's Tiaria stuff. There's Lockon stuff. There's Setsuna stuff. There's mm-hmm. Sanchez stuff. Last episode was kind of like a series climax at the moment. Like it was the one big fight episode we've kind of had so far. The mid-mid-season climax. Yes. Everyone's favorite. All right. It's a Gundam will return with a victory song of the resistance. what she sees.